again, I have no idea what to say about that about that opening music. Uh, <laughs> it's it's again something that doesn't fit this podcast at all. I think we're moving farther and farther away. Obviously, we're getting deeper and deeper into the free music of MelodyLoops.com. <laughs> Absolutely. Who, what's the composer? Uh, this was Jack White. So. I'm sorry, who? Jack White. Jack White? Yeah. Wait, the Jack White? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Jack White. Not Mike Noah. Noah. Yeah, Not... there are a few other Mike Noah things, but I figured... Oh, that's... there are a few other Mike Noahs. So there's like multiple Mike Noahs doing podcast music. Is that what you're trying to say? Uh, well, actually, I looked it up on YouTube. There's someone called Mike Noah doing different music. So I'm like, oh, maybe there are multiple people. Well, in, the, in the film business, uh, when there's two people having the same name, then you have to take a different initial. Oh. Middle initial. So okay. It's like Mike X Noah. Right. be the podcast guy, and the other is Mike Z <laughs> Noah. Anyway, uh, uh, welcome uh, to the podcast. I guess I should introduce myself. That's our normal routine. I am Didge, your host, guide, and sometimes provocateur. Uh, welcome to the fourth episode of So There's That, the podcast, the history of laser tag, <laughs> as promised from last week. Let me introduce my sidekick and co-host, Dante. Hello, I'm Dante. <laughs> So how are you? Did you have a good week? Uh, yeah, I had a good week. Um, that was my last normal week of school, so that's cool. But um, and when you say school, you mean high school? High school, yes. Gotcha. So I've I've exams this week, and then I'm done. Uh, but what was really cool is over the weekend I got given a commission because I opened them up on my Tumblr a few weeks back. Well, did, do you want to promote your Tumblr? Do you want to do you want to give a shout out to your actual Tumblr? address if you uh, have your actual tumblr address yeah sure um it's arcanations.tumblr.com that's a-r-k-e-n-a-t-i-o-n-s arcanations with yep. a k arcanations.tumblr.com yep and uh they asked about it. i don't have prices listed because i have no idea what i'm doing but it's probably not the best uh sales routine <laughs> to say you don't know what you're doing no no i mean like in the terms of like pricing and things but um I, I, I'm sorry. I need to. My mic is. I need to move my mic, and I'm afraid it's going to make a horrible sound. So, uh, hang on a second. Uh, that wasn't yeah, too bad. just a few bumps. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I, I did a short comic for someone. Got paid thirty dollars. Um, which really? Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. Like, is this like a brony My Little Pony? Or yeah, yeah. Um. So no, that was so. Really this cool. is your first commission. That is fantastic. Congratulations. Yeah. No, I'm. I'm. Do I, do I get to see this, or do I have to pay you thirty bucks to, <laughs> to be able to see this? I mean, you could see it if you'd like. I'm. I'm happy because I haven't done a comic in a long time. I'm not. I wish I'd spent more time on it. Um, but you know. But it's thirty bucks. Yeah. So how does this work? You work in the digital art medium, so yep. it's not like you're gonna pencil and then ink and then ship this to the person this is a digital copy that you're sending them are you allowed to put this this up on your tumblr or your deviant art uh, so, or whatever or is this now the exclusive property of this person to do with as as they will so i i i i was about to say usually but this is the first one so um <laughs> <laughs> every single time so far every single time i ask if it's okay if i post it um I, they said that i i could post it but they didn't want uh me saying that it was a commission by them they didn't want so it could be a generic commission by an anonymous person yep okay so yeah 
So if people listening to the podcast want to see this, they can go to arkinnations.tumblr. Yep. Dot com. Got posted today at like three. Uh, so yeah, that was my week. Uh, how about yours? Well, again, you know, a d- traditional biz- a busy week for Didge. Uh, and I've, I'm starting to refer myself in the third person now. Uh, that's it's always good. <laughs> uh, I, I got an Apple Watch. Wow. So I have been, um, I, I, I work on apps, um, build apps, right? For apps, et cetera. And uh, so I've done that for iPhone. I've done it for iPad. And now with the Apple Watch out, I realize I probably should get an Apple Watch uh, so I can, uh, you know, sort of figure out what what the experience is like. Because when the iPad first came out, people were highly critical of Steve Jobs. And they said, you've just made a big iPhone. Um, You know, there's no hard drive for you to be able to store stuff. This doesn't make any sense. And... Lo and behold, a year later, it's taken. It's created a new category. It's created a tablet market that has never, that never, had been able to catch hold. So I'm fascinated to see what the Apple Watch is. Uh, I will say very quickly. I, I posted a picture of the Apple Watch box on on Facebook, and I very quickly got accused of being an Apple zombie, <laughs> which is insane. Uh, if if you'll forgive me, I mean, I do have an Apple Watch. And I do have an uh, iPhone 6. I have an iPad, as I said. I have a MacBook Pro. I bought you a MacBook Pro yep. so that you could do your art. Uh, and I have an Apple TV. So I am definitely not an Apple zombie. I want cores. <laughs> Get it? Get it? Like core of an Apple? You know, like the Hypantheum or the Endocarp? No. Yeah, no, this is not going over. This is not going over uh, well at all. But anyway, the Apple Watch, I think, is for iPhone addicts only. Number one, you need to have an Apple um, iPhone to be able to use it and update it. But what I like about it is, and I think you and I both do this, and your brother does as well, we tend to pull our phones out every 10 minutes. Yeah. We want to check what time it is. We forgot to check what time it was because we checked our messages, so we checked what time it is again. We check messages, we check Facebook, we check Twitter, we check email, we check this, we get check that, sports scores. And it pretty soon becomes it's every 10 minutes I'm pulling out of my back pocket. Now I'm pulling out of my purse and all these various things. The Apple Watch has meant that I pull out my iPhone once every couple hours because it's a watch. And then I glance at it and I know it's like, oh, great, you're spending all this money so you can get a watch. But it gives it has an alert system, a very subtle alert system. So I can tell if I get a text, if I get a phone call, I can be like Dick Tracy and I can talk on my phone, on my Apple Watch phone. Awesome. Uh but it it has and the the other thing that surprised me is I've become more active. Wow. Because it has these things of like every once an hour every, uh, once an hour they want you to stand up and move around for a full minute. Okay. And so you wow. get an alert. You get a tap on your wrist. And that's been pretty cool because then I get up and I move around. And then I'm not really much of a runner, but I do like to go for long walks. And so I'm using the long walk app that they have. And it tracks how long you've been walking and what your rate is and how far you've gone and what your heart rate is. What percentage of a marathon? What percentage of a marathon, which is not very much, apparently, because <laughs> I don't walk that far. 
Uh, but I'm walking around in the suburbs, and I've now done this twice because I, I want to start to get a sense of what this is like. So I'm already becoming more active because it's reminding me to be more active. I'm using my iPhone less, and I'm actually enjoying life a little bit more, which which is which is a real surprise for me. So for me, who uses their iPhone a lot, the Apple Watch has been fantastic. If you don't have an Apple Watch or if you don't use an Apple Watch, uh, I'm sorry, if you don't have an iPhone and you don't use an iPhone much, you just use it for phone calls or for text, and that's really it. You pull out every couple of hours and the Apple Watch probably is not for you. What I'm fascinated about, though, is designing games for an Apple Watch because right. it's it's a smaller interface. It's I mean, if you look at the computer and then you look at the iPad and then you look at the iPhone and now you look at the at the at the Apple Watch, the interface is getting smaller and smaller. And I think what some people believe is, well, you just, you know, condense the game smaller and smaller and smaller. But I think mm. just like there was a games market that developed specifically for iPhone and for that size and for that commuter sort of usage. I think the Apple Watch has an opportunity to develop its own sort of game uh, experience. And having looked at all the games, there's only one game that I really like. It's called Lifeline, uh, which is kind of like Zork. And it's uh, it, it sort of pushes updates to you periodically. And it's been a lot of fun. But I, uh, I've i actually been sitting down with, with your brother, with Dante's brother, because uh, he is a computer coder. He's in college. Yeah. He just came home from college uh, today, actually, to see me. And so we started talking about this because he wants to learn a game language. So I'm we were in discussions as to whether maybe he can learn Swift, which is the, I guess, the language, computer language for iOS, is, which is what operates iPhones and iPads. And then there's a, there's a watch kit, is an SDK, a software designer kit, that you can learn how to build apps for an Apple Watch. Oh. So we're discussing, I have an idea for a game called Binary. And uh, he seems to like it. And uh, if we need art, you know, maybe we can try to find, maybe we can commission <laughs> a digital artist, right? Yeah. And um, and so, yeah, I'm I'm actually really looking forward to this. So, uh, yeah, doing a podcast with you and maybe doing a computer game with uh, my cisgender <laughs> child, which it's actually funny. Uh, the first time, I, I didn't know what the word cisgender meant. And so I was joking around, I think when I was talking to Michael, I was talking about you before you'd come out to me. And I made a comment that even if you were cisgender, I didn't mind. And Michael starts <laughs> <laughs> Michael starts to laugh because he goes, Dad, cisgender means being comfortable with the gender that you were assigned at birth. So being cisgender is sort of being like the rest of the world. So I just want to say I have no problem with Michael being cisgender. So anyway, uh, before we get into the mailbag, I would like to get into hopefully not a new segment. Hopefully this is the only time we do it. But I want to get into um, corrections. Uh -huh. And so let me start by giving tips to anyone who's considering doing a podcast. Podcast, as far as I can tell are consumed in three different ways by listeners. You can listen to it on your computer speaker, you can listen to it in your car, or you can listen to it with earbuds or headphones. 
And after you have recorded a podcast and you've done edits and you tighten it, et cetera, et cetera, if you can, it is wise to listen to a podcast in as many of those formats as possible. Because a computer is how we listen back to it. After we're done, we do a run through on it just to make sure it works and et cetera, et cetera. And so we will listen to it on the computer speaker and it sounds fine. It sounds great. You know, uh, if you listen to it in a car, you have to make sure the volume levels are very even because if it jumps up and down, if a car comes by or someone's honking, you tend to turn the volume up. And then if I happen to get extremely loud, <laughs> it sort of jumps out. But earbuds, earbuds, you hear every single sound because it's plugged directly into your ears and you don't get any really other sounds going on. So I have to apologize because I apparently, without realizing it, I think it was me. It was possible it was you, Dante. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure it was me. But someone was drumming their fingers on the table. And as I was listening to it uh, through my earbuds, all I could hear were these thumps and it was driving me batshit. I'm sorry. It was driving me absolutely nuts. So I apologize. Uh, hopefully we will discover who does the beating. I'm pretty sure it was me because uh, I usually have a computer in front of me and and I didn't the, the, the last time. So I'm going to try very hard not to do thumps. But for those of you who heard the thumps and were really annoyed by it, I humbly apologize. Uh, now, Dante, we heard the thumps at a certain point and I asked if you could try to remove some of the extraneous sounds and, and maybe lessen that. Uh, do you want to talk about what your sort of aborted method of trying to fix this was? Yeah, uh, I got home from school one day and, and you, you told me that you found spots where there were bumps. So I went and listened to the whole thing. And whenever a bump appeared, I did my best to get rid of the bump. And <laughs> And I'm sorry. I am, I'm so immature. Bumps. I'm sorry. I'm, la I'm laughing at the word bumps. Go ahead. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I it, was... this actually ties to something I was hoping to talk about later. So. Oh, good. Dalek bumps. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Good. <laughs> so I tried to get rid of all of the little sound spikes, as they're commonly referred to. Uh, and I did my best. I, I got rid of most of them. The problem was... I did so many things to edit it that the overall sound quality went down uh, noticeably. Yeah, there was a lot of dropouts in sound. So I listened to it. I was all excited with all these neat fixes that Dante was putting in there. And it, it just the sound just kept dropping out. So that's why we actually ended up going with the previous version. So again, we're learning, trying not to thump, at least not... Not accidentally. Not accidentally. So um, while we are apologizing, having listened to the previous podcast about six times now, trying to hear all the different things, I there I have a really cringeworthy moment it, 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 twice in the podcast that I, I need to humbly apologize for. Uh, I did probably the worst Dr. Evil impersonation in the <laughs> history of podcasts. Mike Myers, I humbly apologize to you. I have learned my lessons. Impersonations is not something that works for me, and I'm going to try very hard not to do it again, and especially Dr. Evil, because we all think we can do impersonations. You have a conversation with someone, and you throw something out, and you think you're being clever, you think you're being funny, you think you sound like that person, and you don't. <laughs> Trust me, you 
don't. And the difference is I got to hear myself do the worst Dr. Evil impersonation like 12 times in, in yeah. four hours. So again, don't, don't do impersonations. <laughs> that's, that's my uh, little tip for the day. Uh, anyway, so that's corrections. Hopefully we're not going to have the section again. Uh, so Digi's mailbag. I think we're ready for Digi's mailbag. So uh, do you want to queue up the theme song? Oh, yeah. I, mm, yeah, I seem to be missing it. Seem to be missing it. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't Any we? explanation for that? Because I believe last time we promised the podcast listeners that we were going to have the, the Digi's mailbag theme song. Yeah, well, I lost the score and then I, I couldn't get people to do it. And Next week for sure. Next week for sure. Okay. Uh, on that front, any any word from Eddie Izard? Our, we have a, we have a bunch of dream guests that that we've invited over the course of the past couple podcasts. Uh, have we heard from Eddie Izard, Vince Gilligan, Lauren Faust, Forrest Rain, or Brian Fuller? Unfortunately, not. Although in what we talked about last week, I said that Forrest Rain was transgendered, and you pointed out that the common usage is transgender. And while I don't want to put words in Forrest Rain's mouth, I found the post where he said, where he came out, and he specifically wrote transgendered, and he did a audio version says transgendered, so. So he? She. I am she? so sorry. Yeah. No, okay. I. Well, no, because like when Bruce Jenner, Bruce Jenner came out as transgender, referred to himself as he. And said, you're going to get to meet her later. And so for him, it was a line of demarcation. For me, I try to avoid pronouns as much as humanly possible and just tell people, call me Didge, because I'm kind of somewhere in between and neither of these pronouns really work for me. So Yeah, no, Forced Rain uh, wants to be referred to by the the feminine uh, pronouns. Uh, I don't believe it's a specific issue for her. Like she hasn't made like an, a specific note of that, but that is the case. And I know that for me, I'm terrible with pronouns with people who aren't dealing with gender things. So I often call males she and females he and get corrected all the time. So this is not new for me. Well, I mean, look, this is something that, I know some people have run into with with some folks in the transgender community that you use the wrong pronoun because you don't really know. You don't you're not sure how someone's presenting. I think maybe there's somewhere in between. I'm not you know, I don't know which pronoun I'm supposed to use. And and so my view is, look, you know, we're we're going to say what comes to mind. And, and if we say the wrong thing and someone says, hey, by the way, I prefer this pronoun. It should all be groovy. No one should get mad. I get called sir. I get called miss. I like when I get called miss because I feel like I'm earning it. And when I get called sir, I feel like, okay, then, you know, I'm trying to present as female, but I'm not doing a very good job. Right. So today, bloke in a dress. And um, so, yeah, I, I just, I think, I think we all need to be kind of open-minded about it. And uh, because people are going to make mistakes, but it doesn't mean... I mean, you're certainly a huge fan um, yes. of Forest Raid. So there's certainly no intent behind misspeaking. Right. So, um, but again, I think, I think Forest Raid would be, would be a terrific uh, first guest. Now, now she lives up in Canada, yep. right? 
Is she, is she's moving down Washington D.C.? She's walk. Yeah, she's moving down at some point. I don't know specifically. I believe this year, maybe next year. Uh, I, I'm really not entirely sure. Well, can we reach out to her, maybe? Yeah, I, I could probably set and see if I can find a contact. Let, let's let's see if we can reach out and find out when when she's coming down, because you know, would would love to have her. Yeah. On the show, I mean, we can certainly do phone or Skype or things like that. But I I kind of like doing stuff first person. I yeah. like to. Well, I like to do stuff in third person too. But. <laughs> uh, <laughs> or rather, Diggs likes to do things in third person. <laughs> yes. Thank you for correcting me there. Uh, thank you for correcting Diggs there. That, that's. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yes. So uh, it, I would love to have Rainforest here in in, in the what? Forest Rain. Let's <laughs> say. <laughs> Rainforest. Rainforest. Okay. Well, you had your faux pas. I had my phone paw. I would also like to have Rainforest here. Just saying, one of my favorite musicians, Rainforest. Uh, we would love to have Forest Rain here. And uh, I, though after this podcast, I don't think I don't think she's going to talk to us. I just I think we've made way too many mistakes. Um, so anyway, um, that, that is uh, that's sort of the pass list. Should we uh, have we droned on too long, or should we add a couple names? I think we can add a little more. Okay. Well, why, why don't you add? Well, uh, first one comes to mind is Alex Hirsch, who was the creator and head writer of a... Was? Was. Is. um, Pronouns, I guess. Not pronouns. Grammar! Grammar. (laughs) Dante versus grammar. I'm a mathlete. You're (laughs) a writer. (laughs) When it's numbers, talk to Dante. When it's not numbers, talk to me. Uh, Alex Hirsch is the creator and head writer of Gravity Falls, another cartoon that is on... Disney XD, that is one of the best cartoons I've ever seen. It is spectacular. The kids, uh, actually, Michael, I think, was the one who who got me hooked. I'm probably telling the story wrong. Did you get me hooked? Yeah. Someone, of the two of you, Michael and I together decided that we wanted to show you the first episode, and then I continued watching them with you because Michael went back up to college. So it's a tween sort of cartoon. It has an X-Files, Twin Peaks vibe it's very funny, uh, and it has a mystery going on in the background, and there are codes that are hidden, like, in the episode, and hidden, I guess, it, 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 during the end credits, and there are characters that pop up in the backgrounds that don't show up for another eight or nine episodes, and there's all these sort of different things going on of people trying to figure out what all these codes and secret stuff means, and it is so well done, and it's funny because I remember I was asking, you know, like, what was the age group? And I think you had said it was like tweens. And then we watched one episode and you told me that new episodes now premiere at like 8 p.m. Because they're so scary for the tween crowd. I mean, there are some legitimately scary sequences in here that could give kids nightmares. Yeah. I mean, in a good way. In a good way. <laughs> yeah. It's really well done. Not trying to be critical, but I can see how... You know, a little kid could be, like, freaked out by this. Dipper's, you know, last, his last, whatever. Pose. His last pose was terrifying. Uh, So, yes, Gravity Falls, if you haven't seen it, uh, Gravity Falls is a dynamite show. So, yes, Alex Hirsch would be would be fantastic yeah um you know so alex uh, uh dig at typingmonkeys.com. uh we are currently in downtown gaithersburg uh but come september august september uh we will be in new york city and Hopefully, baltimore and baltimore and baltimore uh we're opening up uh two different branches <laughs> for the podcast 
so yes, I uh, wholeheartedly support uh, Alex Hirsch. Uh, let me get to seven. Lucky seven. Awesome. Odd. Odd. Right? Not odd. even. Odd. Because you see, I know my numbers now. Yeah. I know you learned my numbers. Your lesson. Uh, so I'm going to go with Stephen Moffat. Good choice. Who is the current showrunner for Doctor Who. He also won an Emmy and BAFTA for Sherlock. Oh, wow. And uh, he wrote, uh, for those of you who are a little bit familiar with Doctor Who, he has frankly written the best episodes of the new series. Well, I, in my opinion, he's written the best episodes of the series overall. That's highly debated within the Doctor Who community. Uh, but he wrote Blink, uh, The Girl in the Fireplace, 11th Hour, which is Matt Smith's first episode, which is absolutely uh, my my favorite episode. Um, he understands, like no one else, in my opinion, how to tell an atemporal story for someone who travels through time. Yeah. Every other Doctor Who story was this happened, then this happened, then he travels in time, and then this happens. He understands that a character can show up at the end, can show up at the middle, and you can have a lot of fun with storytelling. In fact, he has... Uh, River Song, who's one of my favorite characters, yeah. who's actually traveling in a different direction than the Doctor throughout the series. Not just one episode, but throughout the series, they're traveling in two different directions. So River's first time meeting the Doctor is the Doctor's last time, and the Doctor's first time meeting River is her last time, or something like that. Yeah. Uh, but it is it is so well done. He also, and I did not know this for the longest time, he wrote after, and at some point we'll go into this long explanation of Doctor Who, and we can, you know, probably right after the Brony episode, the My Little Pony episode, where everyone stops listening to us, but he <laughs> wrote uh, Doctor Who has been on for over 50 years, and so the original series was on from 1963 to 1989, and then in 1996, there was a movie, a Fox movie, uh, and then it didn't return until 2005. And there were sort of various things that happened with Doctor Who characters throughout the years. And they did a uh, like a comic relief uh, special uh, starring Rowan Atkinson and Jonathan Price. So Rowan Atkinson, like Mr. Bean and, and uh, Blackadder, and Jonathan Price was in uh, Brazil. Mm. Uh, and it is absolutely phenomenal, and it's one of the funniest Doctor Whos I've ever seen. And this was the reference for the Dalek bumps. <laughs> uh, but it's called Curse of the Fatal Death. Uh, Non-canonical, but Curse of the Fatal Death. But I didn't realize until maybe a year ago that it was written by Stephen Moffat. It was oh, actually wow. his very first uh, Doctor Who. Wow. So I would love to have Stephen Moffat on. Uh, I would love to talk about storytelling with him. Uh, I would love to talk about the concept of regeneration. There's so many concepts in his episodes that have spoken to me. The Girl Who Waited uh impossible girl and so there's just so much in there uh that i would adore to have a conversation with him uh unfortunately he lives across the pond so uh he was just in new york uh for a, a bafta uh presentation so maybe once we're up in new york uh you know we get famous enough maybe yeah. maybe he'll be emailing us dig at typingmonkeys.com <laughs> maybe he'll be emailing us uh and begging uh you know to come on to come on our show yeah uh and you know we'll think about it Stephen. we will absolutely think about it so anyway that's uh that's up to seven if you go to the website i've actually started adding names 
Um, oh. So, yeah, we have all, well, we have five names, and I guess we'll run this podcast, and then I'll add the next two. Yeah. Uh, leave an element of surprise for people listening to the podcast. <laughs> and um, so I guess the next thing I wanted to talk about was was iTunes. Uh, so <laughs> this has been kind of crazy for us. We, um, we've been getting a lot of, of great ratings uh, on, the, on the U.S. iTunes store. I think I talked about this last week. Uh, there's a U.S. iTunes store and there's a, yes. a, a Great Britain, Great British iTunes store. And we have gotten five reviews so far on uh, on the UK iTunes store, and none so far on the US store. Okay. So you know the Yanks and the I, I, the Canadians. I don't know if the Canadians have their own store if they use ours I know. or not. But anyway, uh, uh, if you are in the states uh, and you use iTunes, uh, please consider leaving a fabulous review for us because we will definitely read it online. So let me get to some of these. There are five of these. Uh, the first one, awesome and so authentic. Awesome. Pretty good. Yeah. It's pretty good. Fab loved it. <laughs> that's good. X ends with an X. I don't know. I think that's for like a dead person. But it's only one. It's, it's only one. Well, what? You, it's, so it's not a serial killer. That's what you're telling me. No, usually you have two X's over the eyes. So. Oh, okay. So it's it's like a pirate. Yeah, there you go. Right. A, a or it's hugs. Or kisses. I don't know which one's a hug and which one's Well, it's hugs X. and kisses, and it's XOXO. So maybe hugs. Okay, so I think it's a hug. Yeah. Maybe it's a hug, or it's a serial killer. One of the two. <laughs> uh, from Kiray007001. Hope I'm saying that correctly. Um, it's just a series of numbers. Uh, honest, fascinating, and funny. Two episodes in, and I'm subscribed. Dig and Dante are an engaging pair of hosts, although I'm also backing the more Dante camp. Woot woot. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> And I'm really enjoying these snapshots into a real-life adventure. Uh, I'm just going to kind of toss out there. Um, Didge could use a little bit of love in these <laughs> reviews. Just saying. Uh, next one, five stars. Written out in words. Five stars. Yeah. And then the last one from Razmus. Funny podcast, making the topic very accessible. Awesome. So, pretty good. I think yeah. the Brits love us. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, we'll have to... <laughs> we're on our way to Stephen Moffat. We're on our... We're, we're halfway there. We're halfway there. <laughs> Um, I, I guess we, I should also note, cause this is, this was kind of crazy. You know, you go in and, and you check your download numbers and check how many people came to the website and, and you kind of go through all that stuff. And then you go on iTunes and you say, oh, hey, I wonder what our rating is. How many, how many people have reviewed us? And, and it's sort of a, it's a morning ritual, right? And so I go on iTunes and, you know, there's, there's podcasts and then there's the subcategory whatever it is, social and culture. And then there's a subcategory under that, personal journals, which is where we are. And so I go to that page, and they have a section for new and noteworthy. And we have been featured for a week under new and noteworthy. Oh, my goodness. Under personal journals. Yeah. So, uh, you know, hopefully if we keep this up, if, if people continue listening, people subscribe, people leave good reviews about Didge. Not about Dante. Yeah. But... Good reviews about Dig. Uh, you know, maybe we can get picked up under new and noteworthy uh, under social and culture. And, and you know, the big the big kahuna, the big kahuna would be the podcast main page. Yeah. Right? That'd be you so know, amazing. you go to iTunes, yeah. boom. That's us. That's us. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, I think that's probably all we have for the mailbag today. 
Um, I guess we should get to our topic now. Yeah. I guess we should get to our topic, which is the history of laser tech. Oh, yeah, which is amazing. It uh, actually originated in 1979, not called Laser Tag, however. It was a Star Trek game, like a game thing. Electronic and, phaser gun game, maybe? Yeah, that'd be okay. that'd be the word I'm looking for. And the first... Again, mathlete. Mathlete. <laughs> <laughs> and the first time that Laser Tag itself was coined as phrase was 1986, so... Which would be uh, the year... After my, well, two years after my prom. I think I graduated in, I don't know. Either way. you 84? No, it's class of 84? I don't know. I don't know if it was 84 or 85, because it's, well, no, because it's like you have your year. I think it was 84. Yeah, but either way, it means uh, you couldn't have done laser tag. No, no, but we could have done Star Trek electronic phaser gun. Yeah, which you've been The game. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, we could have done. Now, and apparently there is a laser tag museum. Oh, really? <laughs> yes, in Louisville, Kentucky. Fantastic. Which is Craig Ferguson's favorite American city. Oh, great. Wow. Well, because you don't pronounce a, a lot of the letters, because it's Louisville is how it's spelled out. Louisville, right. Kentucky. So, hey, for, for all of our British fans, it's spelled Louisville, Kentucky, but it's pronounced Louisville. Yep. Louisville. And and I, that's actually how it's pronounced. I, people think I'm joking, but that's that is actually um, how it's pronounced. So I'd like to, perhaps even briefly, uh, talk about coming out. Last time we talked, <laughs> I'm sorry, Dante's trying very hard not to make noise with his chair and failing miserably. <laughs> um, we talked about the nature of coming out, the stories, or at least the story I told to get people's heads in the right place. Uh, I talked about secrets and about how stuttering was the first secret. And uh, being transgendered was was my second secret, and that this was these are secrets I'd held for for my entire life. And I guess you had talked about how uh, you didn't. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I try so hard. I get the giggles. I get the giggles. Dante does not get the giggles. And I can't st- I can't look at him and I just start laughing because he doesn't understand this. And I'm so looking forward to the day that you get that you get the giggles. Uh we're gonna have to do an out outtake track at some point of of me laughing. This actually wasn't bad. Sometimes I just get so spasmodic and I just can't I just can't stop laughing. So let me try to do this from a different angle. Last week, we, we talked about the nature of coming out and, and the stories that we told when we came out. I'd like to talk, I guess, this week about actually coming out. Because I never thought I would come out. Um, because I assumed that everyone would reject me. I mean, it, not because my friends weren't awesome people, because they are, and they have been, and they've been amazingly supportive. But I I didn't think anyone could accept me for who I really was, because God knows I, I hadn't for my entire life. And and so I couldn't pull the trigger, because if I if I did, if I told people who I was... I was so ashamed of who I was and and I assumed other people would be ashamed and and would laugh and that 
I would lose my family and I'd lose my friends and my job and that I would have to move coasts. I'm, I'm very much an East Coast person and, and I'd have to move to, you know, San Francisco or L.A. or something and just restart my life, maybe with a new name. And um, and part of that is because I I had a lot of really bad experiences when I was in Philadelphia, in, in D.C., um, you know, I remember being at a Kmart and trying to buy something and, you know, I was probably early twenties and, 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 uh, they wouldn't ring me up and I couldn't figure out why, um, cause I was very uncertain and, and, and the guy at the counter used the loudspeaker to get someone to come up. And I thought it was cause the register didn't work. And what I didn't realize is that he was telling everyone in the store to come up and and look at the freak and they all laughed at me and you know and again a different time this was the 80s this was the 80s you know but those those have indelible marks on you that, that you believe that that's how everyone is is going to respond and 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 obviously i'm doing this podcast people have responded very well and i am i am so grateful to so many people um, but you know, it, it, this is coming out was so hard and, and I mean, I had come out to my girlfriend who was then, you know, my fiance, who was then my wife, who was then your mom and, and then, you know, my future ex-wife and, and she knew, but, and, and, and you know, I, I talked about one friend who, who I'd come out to, who would come out to me as gay. And I sort of figured, well, OK, if he's coming out with his big secret, I should share mine. But I hadn't really, really, really come out and told people. So I decided it was time. It was time for me to come out. And so I had a friend of mine who I used to work with at AOL. And she and I had been co-workers. We built AOL Small Business together. And and then she took over as boss. And um, and I did the startup online reality series when she was my boss. And then she left to do bigger and greater things. And I took over as head of AOL Small Business. And she and I have been close over the years. Um, and then she moved, um, she moved to West Coast, uh, where she's from. And... We sort of, you know, we stayed in touch a little bit via Facebook. And so I just sort of spur the moment asked when she was going to be in New York next. And she's like, oh, New York next week. So we made arrangements to have breakfast. We hadn't seen each other in person probably in 10 years. And, uh, and so I saw her and it was big hugs and, hey, how you doing? Oh, my God. How are the kids? How's this? How's that? She looked fantastic. And so we're chit-chatting and I um I said, Hey, look, I got I got something to tell you. Uh and she's like, Oh awesome. Like really upbeat and like, oh great, what is it? And so I started to hyperventilate and um and I don't know if you've done this, but you know, you put yourself in a position where you have to say something. I have something to tell you. Yeah. You know, and uh and I guess in sitcoms and in movies, you can chicken out and say, oh, yeah, I think I'm having the omelet. That's what I'm going to do. But, you know, I said, look, um, you know, I told her my spiel. You know, I've had two secrets in my life and stuttering and, and you know, and, and the stall to get to the word 
transgendered for me. The stalling that you do. And I remember it just, I had to take deep breath and I had to, you know, and I said, I'm transgendered. And she, God, I'll never forget this. She, she broke up. She broke up. <laughs> she broke up with me. Uh, and we weren't even dating. It was so weird. <laughs> she, she broke into the biggest smile. And, and the only way I can describe it is that she was beamingly happy. I mean, happiness was beaming from her. And she was so happy for me that I was finally being who I am. And she gave me a big hug. And she's like, that's fantastic. And I'm so happy for you. And, and I'll never forget this. She said, you are going to have such an amazing year. And... And it was a great thing to hear. It was a great thing for her to say. But I didn't know if I actually believed her. Because I couldn't even believe I was doing it. Because the reason, I have to admit, I don't know if she knows this, but the reason I came out to her was that in case it was a huge disaster, she lives out in L.A. Right. So maybe it's a secret. You know, like, I'm going to do, tr- do a test run. If it goes well, awesome. And if it goes horrifically bad, then I'll just, you know, won't tell anyone else. And but she's been right. This has been this has been an amazing year. This has been the most amazing year of my life. And so she was, again, this is the greatest first person to come out to because she gave me so much confidence that maybe it was going to be okay, that maybe, maybe people were going to accept me for who I am. And so I came out to, I don't know, three or four more people that day. I mean, I came out to you that night because, oh. you know, I, I when I do something, I do it. I don't do it half-assed. Yeah. Uh, I I go full full hog, and and so I came out to a couple of guys who I one who I used to work with and and a couple who I was current was working with at the time. And and everyone was so nice. I mean, everyone was just so incredibly nice. I mean, it, there was a couple you know stares, <laughs> a couple of like, okay, like is this really what Dig is telling me? Because it's not what everyone was expecting from me. And I, I tend to be a very intense person and and uh, probably come across as, as masculine. And so it was a bit of a surprise. And what's funny is as supportive as guys are, and, and this is not all guys, and, and, and I, I am using hyperbole and I am telling a story and I am joking a little bit, a little bit, but you get people who are so happy for you. They're like, oh my God, this is guys. Oh my God, this is so great. This is so fantastic. Let me shake your hand. Like women (laughs) give you a big hug. Oh my God, this is so great. And guys are like, that's congratulations. I'm very happy for you. Let's shake hands in the manliest way we can. Okay, you're done. That's it. No other secrets. So how's your fantasy football team doing this week? (laughs) I swear to God, I had three conversations about fantasy football after coming out to people. Wow. You know, and hopefully I'll still play. I mean, I have to say I did win. I did win my fantasy football league (laughs) uh, twice in the past four years, I think. And I I skipped one year. So two of the past three years that I played won fantasy football. Watch me get my ass kicked this year. Um, but so, yeah, it was, it was so scary to come out and that first day was so incredibly positive, you know, ending with, ending with coming out to you, which I think, you know, we talked about last time and how incredibly hard, um, 
that was. So I'm curious what I know you came out to your girlfriend. That was the first person you came out with, um, came out to later. You started to come out to other people. So what was that experience like? Like, how many people did you come out to? Because I, I think I did seven people. Uh, I came out. Um, let me rephrase that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I came out to seven people um, on my first day. Um, and I know you came out. I mean, and when I say my first day, I did come out to a couple other people. But this was, I, I kind of count this as my true first day. Um, so uh, let me, I'll let Dante, so for everyone who wants Dante to talk more, uh, now is Dante's turn. So the next, no pressure, no pressure. after my girlfriend, the first day that I, I came out to people was New Year's Eve and day, I guess, if I count it the same thing because I didn't go to sleep. I, I believe technically it's two different years, but go ahead. Oh, that, that's true. Uh, and I, you, you may be a mathlete. I'm a calendar eat, eat. Yeah. I came out to three people. I four. Yes, four. I went to a party and I came out to four people and the first one was my best friend who I I I wanted to come out to her cuz she was my best friend, but also because she asked me about something my girlfriend had asked her what gender fluid meant. So she was just asking me a bit about like what what had brought that on, and and so I I told her then I I took her away from where everyone else was and and told her and and as I expected she was completely supportive, happy for me and and what was her face like? Because see I will never forget when I came out to my friend, she was so again beamingly happy is the phrase that I use because it was. I mean, I'm probably viewing it differently, but she was so exceedingly happy for me that it made it all okay. It it took all of that fear and all of that tension and all that anxiety that she might reject me. And it instantly, I knew instantly, I knew instantly that this was going to be okay. And I've learned this from coming out to other people. I can tell within five seconds how this is going to go. Are they, well, they're on the fence, so they think it's good. So when you came out to her... And you said the word or gender fluid or whatever word you ended up finally using. What was, uh, what was her face? Honestly, I don't remember. Um, at the time, and I, I remember it wasn't like such a positive or negative response that like it embedded in me. It was a, I believe. I, I mean, I imagine positive because of how like outwardly positive she was, but I can't remember. Okay. Okay, I know I've I have um I have an episodic memory. So I remember as we talked about last time, I can flash back forty one years ago and I can tell you which Savage Sword of Conan comic book <laughs> I was reading and which story I was reading uh in in there. So it, that's the sort of memory that I have. I cannot memorize like when I was in college and I took biology and we had to memorize the evolutionary chart. Not going to happen. That's not something I'm capable of doing. But I can tell you where I was sitting and what was running through my head when that assignment and we were looking at flatworms was what came through. So that's a sort of memory that I have. 
So right. I guess this will be fascinating over over the course of time to see what kind of memories you have. Uh, are they episodic or 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 what are you, what you retain from moments in your life? Right. Yeah. No. I. I. It's. It's interesting because this was whatever five and a half months ago, and my memory on it is very vague. So the next person I I came out to was actually two people at the same time. My brother and another best friend i guess i have multiple best friends um at like a denny's or something at like five in the morning um and they were both exceeding i mean i mean it was five in the morning so everyone was tired but uh at the end of the night when i got home uh my best friend like we said bye normally and Michael, my brother, gave me a hug and and said that he could tell that, like, the response that I'd gotten at the Denny's wasn't exactly what I was hoping for because it wasn't super positive. So he gave me a hug to show that he was supportive. And that was, that is specifically what I remember. I swear I came out to a fourth person, but I can't for the life of me remember who it was. No, that hug... I know that feeling um, when someone cares about you as a person. Um, they care about you on an atomic level and that it's uh, they want you to be who you are. And and I got that, you know, I got that the first day and and I got that from you. And um, and I am so happy <laughs> that you that michael um was able to demonstrate that to you um you know for those of you listen to the podcast these two are you know they're two years apart and um and and they're incredibly close and i i had the joy of watching the two of you grow up together and and open up christmas presents together and and go and do all these awesome things together and and so for him to be there for you in that way i think continues i think how the two of you feel about each other and so as a parent as a non-gender specific parent uh you know uh seeing my gender fluid and cisgender offspring um uh coming together like that is just it's 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 a great moment and it's it's a great feeling it's 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 a really great thing yeah so on that uh, on that note, uh, I think we've probably blabbed on for a little bit longer than usual. Yeah, which seems to be how we are rolling now. <laughs> yeah, uh, each podcast has been getting a little bit longer. Uh, let's. I guess let me let me kind of wrap up. We're gonna go. We're gonna thank Melody Loops again. Yeah. Uh, now, have we heard back from them about them sponsoring us? Not yet. Again. <laughs> D-I-G yeah, that, that email again. Yeah, let me check to make sure it's working. D-I-G at typingmonkeys.com. Uh, I, I guess I can check on my Apple Watch. <laughs> and I can see. I can see if uh, if I'm still getting email. Uh, let's thank the listener again because we've been getting uh, so much tremendous feedback uh, on iTunes here in the States. Well, not as much. Look, the Brits love us. Okay. <laughs> the Brits love us. And, uh, you know, hopefully the Yanks will, will, will follow suit with a few more reviews there. No pressure. No pressure. Uh, 
and again, the downloads and the subscriptions obviously is connecting with someone over at, at Apple and, and iTunes for us being new and newsworthy. I mean, look, I, I got to be honest. When we first started this thing, it was just, it was, you know, Dante and I were just going to fun. Yeah. We we're just going to, you know, see what it was like. And, you know, maybe a few of our friends listened to it. And it's it's sort of far exceeded that. So this this has been gratifying. This has been awesome. So I, I can't I can't thank the listeners enough. Uh, let me, I guess, close with simply uh, check out the blog and kind of the home page, the home site for these festivities, Adventures in Transgendering dot uh, com. We have a Facebook link there. You can. Do a search on So There's That, Adventures in Transgendering, if you're on Facebook. Uh, I guess we need to get a new URL, a new URL. Nah. I'm sorry. At AOL, we would pronounce URL as Earl. And now you're supposed to spell it out. I thought <laughs> you're supposed to be quicker and faster. So anyway, we will hopefully have a fresh URL for our Facebook page. Again, I added a list of our dream guests. So we will add two more to that again in no specific order. It's actually in chronological order. So I guess it, it, it is in a specific order. I am yeah. listing yeah. people chronologically who we have mentioned as guests. I, you know, there are so many people who I'd love to have on. There's so many people that I'd love to have on. And so I, I really, I would hate for anyone to think that, you know, this is the order and these are the people. But again, Eddie Zard was, was just, you know, is really is my patron saint in in a lot of these things. So uh, yeah, and I guess I guess we're gonna wrap with uh, my email <laughs> email for the show, which is dig at typingmonkeys dot com. And uh, who? What's the uh, what's the name of the music? It's Acid Dress by Jack White. Acid Dress. Yes. Acid Dress. Okay. By Jack White. Yep. By V. V. Jack White. The Jack White, not by Mike Noah. Right. So, Jack, plays out.